miracle working I don't know what you need from God tonight, but you're the miracle working God. Your name is God. Ah, glory. Because you're the miracle working God. Your name is God. Oh, you're the miracle working name. chapter 5 then Jesus answered and said to them most assuredly I say to you son the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do for whatever he does the son also does in like manner verse 20 for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Verse 21. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but he has committed all judgment to the Son. Verse 23. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I want to talk to you tonight briefly, because God moved and I don't want to go too long. Like father, like son. Like father, like son. This will continue our exploit series because I see exploits in this. Put exploits definition up for me. And so here's the exploits definition. We've been in this series called exploits that God can do great exploits through you. And so what do we look at? It is a bold or daring feat, heroic deed or achievement. So God has placed in your hands something to do something bold, to do something daring. That means you can be living and do great exploits in your marriage. Great exploits as being a good mom or being a good dad to your children. Today we're celebrating Father's Day. We're celebrating the men who do great exploits. Who, who are bold for their children. Hallelujah. Who do great deeds and achievements for their kids. Who pushes their kids to do great and also to do great exploits. So this series is to break the box of your limitation. That you put on God. Because all of us in this room were destined and purposed for something. Your hands, your feet, your mouth, your mind was created. To do great exploits. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to tell you tonight, as we celebrate Father's Day, I was looking to like to figure out what could I say as this series is continuing and how I can tie all of this together. But before I go there, I want to put the theme scripture for this message series up in Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11 pretty much tells us in verse 32, Daniel chapter 11, it will read, Those who do, do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out what? Great exploits. Did it say some exploits? 
No. Did it say mediocre exploits? No. It said great exploits. That you'll see that you'll achieve great exploits through God because you know him. You don't know him on third party information. No, you got real deal information on God. That you don't your your knowing of God is in a deep personal relationship with God. Not that Christian ish stuff. No, it's about a real dedicated relationship with God and when you have a true relationship with God as your father then you will do great exploits I begin to think about my own life and the way I am today the reason why I am I did this for my mom and Mother's Day and I will do this for my dad because he asked <laughs> I know he was choking but deep down inside I got you big guy so I'm gonna hook you up so listen the real deal is, like father, like son. I'm not trying to compare my, our relationship with God the Father and Jesus the Son. But God the Father and Jesus the Son shows us what true relationship between a father and a son should be. All right? The reason why you see me in this aspect is because growing up as a kid, you begin to realize who you are with. Wednesday nights, growing up in the Hill household, we're at prayer service. I seen some of the most, well to me, the coolest stuff happen on Wednesday nights. I seen a demon get cast out of somebody. I know somebody is maybe like, that's kind of weird. I wouldn't want to see that. But I saw that and my dad did it. God did it through him. I, I speak in tongues because of my father's relationship with God. I wanted to understand what that meant for myself. Matter of fact, I mean, we come from a whole generation line of preachers. And so my dad is a preacher and he unfortunately had to inherit the same thing that was inherited to him. And that was inherited from his dad. I don't know how far the line goes back, but <laughs> and for the most part, everybody are preachers. Now that part I didn't really want to do. But, you know what I'm saying, that I, come in, I come into contact with that. And so the first thing I begin to see, which the first thing I begin to see with this father and son relationship, put it up for me, Daniel, is number one, point one that I want you to see tonight is this, that the son observes the father's ways. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, why is the man the most targeted person on the enemy's hit list? Because the father holds all the cards in his hand concerning the identity of his children. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, and the pastor said it this morning at my at the church that I serve in the mornings. And the reality is, is this is that we are living in households that now 39 percent actually has two parents in the home. 39 percent is, is, is a as a husband and wife makes up the home. So if, 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 if it's 39 percent, that means we have all of the rest of this we're living, all the rest of the folk living without two parents in the home being raised by single moms. And so the reality is, is that we have a struggle with sexual identity within our generation and within our culture because we do not have the father speaking and imparting into the son. Ladies and gentlemen, 
when the child observes the father, the, especially the son. The son is observing how his father carries himself as a man. The father shows the son. And the son observes the father. And look, see, let me tell you something. When your kids are looking, they're really observing you. They're observing you. Those of you who are godparents, those of you who are mentors, they are observing you. And you have to be careful about how you conduct yourself. Because you want to know why some people are turned off with church? is because the people at their house wasn't living to what they were professing on Sunday. Hallelujah. They were trying to be holy rollers on Sunday, but they were really freaks on Saturday. Oh, y'all don't want this real truth in here tonight. Oh, I'm coming for you. I don't care. We want to, whoa, whoa, shirt dress is too short. Why she got that on? Why he got that? Well, if you're looking hard enough, there's obviously you got a lust problem. Oh, y'all don't want that church tonight. You don't want this type of truth. Hey. The reality of what I'm telling you is, is that we observe. When I growing up, I observe my father. You observe how he deals because in your observation, that's, that's what begins to form your behavior. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, in, it's in a, so you observe the way he treats your mother. And so my father treats my mother as a queen. So by treating her as a queen and allowing her to shop, I say to myself that I have to follow. <laughs> treating her the way that she should be treated, treating her with respect. Being a gentleman, you begin to observe that about your dad. You observe it and you see it. Watching from afar how he communicates and interacts with, your, with his mom, with your mom. That they still, that this is not some uh, roommate situation. It may look disgusting to you, but that's how you got here. <laughs> you hate to hear me, hate to visualize, but I mean, that's why you're here. The reality is, is that when you observe all of this stuff, how does he interact with not only myself, but how he interacts with my sister and how he interacts with, with, with the oldest son, Vernon, how, how he interacts with people that he comes across, how he, how he serves in ministry, you begin to observe the reason why I serve faithfully because I saw my dad serve faithfully. The reason why I can preach like this, no matter how many, how many people are in the room, is because I watched Wednesday after Wednesday night, my father would show up no matter who, who was there. My father would pray heaven down. The anointing would fall. I would observe that. I would soak it up. I would sit in the front and I would watch. When it came time that people were there and he would lay his hands, I was there with the anointing oil. I saw it. I was there. I liked to be in the action. I was there. Come out of there. <laughs> I was there. I enjoyed it. Church, growing up in church was not boring to me. It was fun because I observed how my father knew how to balance church and home. 
You want to know why some people are turned off with church and some pastor's kids are turned off with church? I grew up a PK. But I didn't wild out. Why? Because my father knew how to balance time home and balance time at the church. Matter of fact, mom wouldn't let him do so anyway. So, point number, let me also put a sidebar in that. You better have a strong woman on the side of you, brothers. You better have a, you better have a strong one with you. Because a strong one will keep you in line like, uh-uh. You better come on, roll it up back in here. I hear you. I'll, I'll, God called me here. Oh, God called you to this home first. You better do what you need to do. So you observe that. You observe. What am I telling us, brothers, tonight, that when you are growing and, and when you're about to start your families, because I believe that the men of the church, your families are coming to you. When you grow, when you when you build a family, make sure that they make sure you carry yourself. How you conduct? How does he handle his business? How does he handle his affairs? You watch that stuff of your father. For those of you who say, "I, I didn't have the fortune and ability to do that," the best thing you can do is find a great mentor and sit at their feet, figure out what they're doing, ask for them to mentor you. Let me tell you something you have not because you ask not. Sometimes you got to humble yourself beyond your hurt, beyond your pride and say, look, I need to sit down at your feet. I need you to father me. It's available out there. There's people who genuinely have a real heart to try to mentor you. And so the so so and you see in the text in John that 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 Jesus observed the father and the works he did. How do I know this? Matter of fact, John chapter 1 said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. And the word was with God. Oh, my God. In other words, what I'm telling you is that Jesus was with God in creation. And he observed his marvelous works. Hallelujah. The son is marveling at how his dad masterfully put all of this together. And then it was because of the word, Jesus being the word. That all of this was. Hallelujah. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that you observe the father's ways. Okay, I I don't have an earthly father, but observe God's ways. Observe the ways of the heavenly father and how he operates and moves in your life. Observe his ways. How do I come to follow the ways of God? You begin to hide the word of God in your heart. If you want to observe God, you observe his ways, you got to get to know him as your father. You have to press through the hurt of, of, of that your earthly father was supposed to reveal God to you. But if he didn't reveal God to you, God says, okay, I don't need that. I'll just reveal myself to you. And the reality is that you have to go into that place. And you have to humble yourself. You have to come out of that lone wolf mentality. Me, myself, and I. I got myself here without anybody else with myself. Let me tell you something. That's an arrogant statement. It was God's favor and mercy that got you here. Hallelujah. It was God's favor, God's hand of protection that got you right there. 
The reality is you have to observe his ways. Give me the scripture after this, the Proverbs. It says it like this in Proverbs, I believe, 23. There we go. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. This is Solomon talking to his son. I want you to observe. Listen, I've dated, and, and, and listen, in the next verse, if you just read the next verse, he's setting this up to let you know about their, the, the, you know, so the seductress, that woman who's a seducer, and she waiting on you. That's why Solomon's saying, look here, son, I've been caught a couple of times. <laughs> I've been caught a couple of times, brother. Uh, I, I don't know which wife that I had you with, but listen. I don't know. It may have happened on a night that I don't remember. I just don't know. But the reality is, there's seductress women waiting on you. And they lie and pray to own, in order to produce more unfaithful men. <laughs> but look, but, but what am I showing you? Your eyes have to be open. Your eyes have to observe. And then observing my father, I observed him. I'm beginning to see that in look, having my eyes open and heart ready to listen to what he has to say. You know, you know your father because after a while, I know this day, I know how he, how he operates with all of us. He may not say nothing immediately. He'll a lot of time, you know, go past, see how he's mature, and then randomly, if we're all in the same, if we're in one-on-one place, He'll start off asking you a question. <laughs> so how is da-da-da coming along? In observing that, I do the same thing with a lot of you all in here. <laughs> it's not that I don't know the answer to the question. I'm just opening up conversation to get to what I want to get to. That's him. <laughs> I didn't get to notice that. And now, if it's something really pressing, really on his heart, oh, you're going to get a conversation right then and there. But in observing my dad, I begin, to, I begin to see how he deals with us. Number two, I want you to see, like father, like son, in observing him, that what begins to formulate your character. And once he begins, the, father, the fathers teach the son his ways. So the father, in observing, so you observe and then you teach. So the father is teaching the son his ways. Matter of fact, he was he would say in John he would say in John chapter five, uh, in in John chapter five he says, in verse twenty four. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. So when you're showing somebody something, you're teaching them something. I want to show you how I do the things I do. Show you how to deal with money. Show you and teach you how to grow up and be a man and take care of your responsibilities. I want to show you how you treat everyone with around you with respect because you don't know what you don't know who you will need. I want you to raise, I want to teach you how you walk in how you walk in your identity as a man and you look every man in the eye and you don't look them and you're not scared, you're not a punk, you know who you are. 
I have a story for that, but I won't share that on the camera. <laughs> I have a story. But at, at the end of the day, when you go into meeting people, brothers, when you, when, you, when you are dating or those of you are married, you do not go in when you meet your father-in-law and all that stuff for the first time and all that stuff like that. You don't go in there like a punk. You go in there bold. Especially if you don't got nothing to hide. If you got something to hide, I would be afraid for you. Because if it was my daughter and you was coming in, I would tell you kindly, come out your mess. Whatever you do, you better know. <laughs> I'm just saying, he begins to teach you those things. The reason why I walk in confidence the way I do is because I was taught that as a child growing up. I was taught it. I was instilled this confidence. I was instilled this boldness. God, I mean, first of all, in watching my dad, he taught me how to begin to look at scriptures. The reason why I know how to preach like this, because my dad taught me. The reason why I, I, I have a love for the word of God, because I was taught it. I was taught. I was taught how to do this. I was taught how you, how, how you, how you set up a relationship with God. I was taught it. I saw it for myself. And some things that is taught to you don't have to be said. You just have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Everything you don't, you sometimes a teacher don't tell you everything. They'll just show it to you. <laughs> and, and while they're showing you, they're teaching you. Hallelujah. I don't know what's going to happen like when I, I finally get the, you know what I'm saying, when I finally, you know, get my town home. And then, like, I'm going to have to share, the, like, the commentary Bibles because I ain't trying to pay for them myself. So <laughs> we going to have to work on something. <laughs> Those about 200 apiece, you know. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Don't feel like coming off the pocket for that. <laughs> anyway, but I'm just saying. I was taught how to look at all of that. I was taught how to observe. I was taught how you respect. I was, it, it's being taught after you observe and you're teaching and, 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 you, and you were taught these things. I'm teaching you. I'm teaching. Put the, put the, put the next uh, scripture. Uh, here it is. Proverbs 3 verse 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Listen to me, my son. Keep my commandments. Keep it in your heart because that's what's going to give you long life. That's what's going to give you that peace. I want you to hold on to it. I want you to walk in that. And when somebody is mentoring you, listen. I sometimes struggle with listening. If you're not going to admit it, I'll admit it to myself. I know some of you are liars in this room. That's okay. You ain't trying to be honest. All of us can be stubborn at times where you don't listen. And then you come back and say, man... You were right about that. Those words to have to come back and take the walk of shame. But, you know, you know, you know, no harm. And, you know, my, and my dad's favorite words, hey, you live and you learn. <laughs> you live and you learn. Just you know, get up the next time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> my God. 
Anyway, so what I'm saying is, is that you, you, have to, you have to be in a place and willing to be taught. Okay, you need to be willing to be taught. There are certain things you don't know. You don't know everything. You don't know everything there is to know about life. There are people, let me tell you something, there is no temptation that is uncommon to man. So many of us as children think, oh, my man, they don't know nothing about this. I'm like, hello, newsflash, knock, knock, knock. They've been living on the earth a little longer than you. <laughs> they might know a little something. They might have seen a little something. They may have done a little something. Hello. So what I'm telling you tonight, you have to be in a place and willing to be taught. You have to be in a place of submission. Here's the thing. Wow, Jesus in this statement, let me set it up for you. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees because they're mad that he just wrote, that he just healed a man that, oh my God, was paralyzed. And he told him to pick up his bed and walk. And he healed him on a Sabbath day. And what he's doing and telling the Pharisees is he's, oh my God, he's equating himself to God. He's putting him on the same level. However, he still submits himself by saying the father teaches me and I don't, do, I don't go on my own accord. So even while, oh, my God, even while Jesus is still yet independent from God in his office, he still submitted to him. Oh, my God. So even though I may move out of my parents' home, even though I may have my own family, there's still a level of submission that I have with my dad. Holly, oh, my God. It doesn't matter about your pastor B. When it comes down to dead. Now he gives me the respect in this office, but it doesn't matter when I'm home. Brandon's the son of Vernon M. Hill Sr. And if I need to be reminded that, if you look at his hands, it's kind of heavy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You'll remember quick. I remember I get in trouble, I'm telling you. I told this story before. My grandmother was, she was she always had my back on this one. Because I did something down, my, my dad would slap me upside. He's like, don't slap that boy upside his head like that. I think that's why I got the little dent part right here. So, <laughs> that's just playing. Anyway, so that's what happens. But watch this, number three. I'm going to give you the last point we're finished. The son follows in the pattern the father has set in order to do greater works. If I follow the pattern, the son should always exceed the father. So when I have kids, my kids should always exceed what I've done. Because they have to follow the pattern. If I follow my father's pattern, then I will exceed the works that he's done. This is not, I say this out of arrogance or anything like that. That's the way it should be. If you were taught, you should exceed where your father has been. Are you hearing me tonight? When I look at my, when I, when I, when I get to the place where there's more sons and daughters in the ministry, I will always be content with myself and my heart. Because the reality is they should exceed what their father in the ministry 
has built a platform for them to launch off of. If I build it, they should launch off. Matter of fact, I haven't done my job if they're not going further than me. You hear me tonight? Why am I so heavy with y'all and talking about no excuses and all that stuff like that? The reason why I'm telling you all of this is because the platform is being built. And all you got to do is launch off. That's the reality. I, I, what I'm doing is showing you the pattern. How you be faithful in the very beginning. And when the thing continues to grow and launch, how you maintain on that level without compromising who you are. And when you see that, you say, if my father and the Lord did it, I can do it. If my father and the Lord can come up here and be faithful, depending on who, how many people in the, I can be faithful with the little I have. And I'm not just talking about with a church. I'm talking about with business. I'm talking about with anything. If you can be faithful to the little you have now, let me tell you something. The sky is the limit because you should exceed. What did Jesus do? They, the apostles continued on the work that Jesus started. It didn't finish. So when my dad is long gone from here, our line should be continuing in the same pattern of success. My father comes from the west side of Baltimore. We often joke about him with his Christmases. But I'm not going to put them out there tonight because I know this gets watched. But I'm saying, my, my father came from humble beginnings. And now to look at where he is compared to other people around him, it's nothing but God that will do that. And so if he did it for him, when myself, my, my brother, and my sister can look, all we need to do is look at the pattern and allow the Hill Dynasty to continue <laughs> in the success that it's supposed to be. When you look at your life, when you look at your family's lives, you could be the one to break the curses over your family's life. It could start with you. You can do, you can change the line of things that have happened in your family. And guess what? And start a new line. Man, come on, you can start a whole fresh because you ended it. You stopped it. Now, everything that comes after you will follow the pattern of what you said, Jesus. And if you follow this pattern, generations after you, I never want you to think single-minded. It's bigger than what, what is it going to be like when you're gone? I think about it all the time. I don't live with the mentality of I'm living for myself and in my gen. What is it going to be like when Brandon's gone and the generations after you? Will TCF continue to stand? Because if I did my job, it should be given the kingdom of darkness, hell, all <clears throat> until Christ returns. If I don't my job right. If I die and have kids, they should be given the kingdom of darkness hell. 
until long after I'm gone. Not only myself, but my own spiritual sons and daughters. As they multiply, they should be tearing down the kingdom of hell and winning more souls for Christ. What will happen with you generationally? What will they say? What will continue to go along? That's why, like father, like son, like what the father does, you as a son and daughter of Christ can follow in that pattern and do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Come on, stand to your feet and give God a praise. Hallelujah. Briefly, we have a card for you, big guy. So here you go. I hope you were completely satisfied with this message. <laughs> Love you, Dad.